Welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Bowie, and joining me today, we have my uh, producer and co-host, Zachary Robinson. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, very interesting uh, week 12. Uh, another frustrating week for the Kansas City Chiefs, but we'll get all to it. Uh, this is the final week before playoffs for a lot of leagues, so it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, unless you're in like a six or eight team league, I, I assume your playoffs start this week. I hope you don't, uh, you know, play in week seventeen because that's just stupid. That's, and that's uh, a bad if move. you have in the years past, you've probably learned your lesson about that. So we don't have Reed tonight, but joining us tonight, we have a very special guest, Easy Ev Evan Peterson. Evan, how are you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be on with you, boys. Ready to talk some pigskin. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, before we get into the week 13 games and, you know, a brief week 12 recap, Zach, why don't you uh, tell me what you think of the Eli Manning decision? Ben McAdoo is probably the worst coach I've ever seen with my own two eyes, not named Greg Schiano. You, I was going to say, you live in the same city where Greg yeah, Schiano once coached. The Greg Schiano experiment. I know he's been in the news. So recently, I, I but, do have to stop yeah. you for a second. Did you from the from the PMT boys? Did you see the Greg Schiano music video they made today? No, uh, I didn't. I'll have to. I'll have to check that out. So they made a music video, um, it kind of a parody of uh, Piano Man, but they did Schiano Man. I I saw it. the I saw the article the Monday morning BM that PMT wrote. I think he posted the lyrics to it, so I saw the lyrics, but I didn't see the video. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check out the video. Yeah, yeah, no, but for you know, as for Eli, I think they're officially tanking. If we haven't seen it already, I was more shocked that they went with Geno instead of their rookie quarterback that they drafted. Um, I thought they were gonna go to him just to see what they have for the future because I don't think Geno's their quarterback of the future. Um, but yeah, no, they're. I don't think this is the way to treat a future Hall of Famer. So Evan, Eli asked to be released about eight hours ago. Adam Schefter put it out. So say it actually happens, where do you see him ending up this year? Do you see him going to a playoff contender like the Jaguars? That's actually a fantastic you know, name to throw out there. Uh, I, I think the Giants do just kind of need to cut their ties. I get it, and I appreciate what Eli, like, he did it with class. Like, it sucks. He's trying to show emotion other than his stupid, you know, frowny face. Um, <laughs> but, God, yeah. I think it was real. Yeah, what, that him being pissed? I mean, well, I pissed, mean, his, but... fa- his facial expression and everything, and, like, Choking back the tears, it seemed like is real. I mean, he's been there a very long time. Right. I, I mean, I totally get it, though. Like, the, the entire, hey, we'll still give you the starts, but we're going to give Davis Webb his series or whatever. Um, I agree with what Eli said. That just kind of cheapens the streak. And I... I, I I don't know. I, Jacksonville was a fantastic place. There's somebody out there that could use Eli. I mean, he's not as bad as we've seen this year. It's kind of been, you know, a disaster with the Odell and Brandon Marshall injuries. Uh, Sterling Shepard's been kind of splotchy. But uh, Eli's not great, but he's serviceable. That's the word. Yeah, I, I get it. And it was tough for him to lose Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall and then Sterling Shepard all of a sudden we saw a couple good games from Eli from a fantasy standpoint in I think it was weeks nine and ten when he actually had Sterling Shepard uh he actually had an option to go to and then Evan Ingram the last couple weeks has just dropped everything um well it's because he was carrying the team for you know a month and a half there right (laughs) um so Zach Getting back to week 12 a little bit, why don't you, we're going to skip Tyrod Taylor, and we can talk about it next week if if Reed hops back on with us, but we can talk about Kansas City's offensive struggles. What do you make of Kansas City right now from a fantasy standpoint? Yeah, so 
Andy Reid has been absolutely horrible with his play calling last week and the week before too against New York and maybe even before that before the bye week but you know this was a matchup against a Bills defense that is maybe the worst run defense in the NFL and Kareem Hunt only only got 11 carries that's a problem i i know some people may be thinking to, uh, to themselves you know you know he didn't really do anything with those 11 carries but you really need a sizable workload if you want to be productive in the NFL and he didn't get that and i i i really do blame Andy Reid for that alex smith looked bad i don't really know why he's not playing well I don't know it's, what the, uh, it's the play calling is a big part of that's, it. That's what I'm saying. I think it really just goes back down to – I think it all just boils down to Andy Reid. It doesn't all boil down to Andy Reid because we have a huge sample size on who Alex Smith is as an NFL quarterback and as a fantasy quarterback. And he's never been uh, a guy that's – succeeded outside of the 15 to 20 range maybe he'll have a couple of you know top 10 weeks here and there as a fantasy quarterback but I mean this is who he is Um, he had a sort of a renaissance at the beginning of the season and a lot of people a lot of people bit the bullet and traded for him uh, even though we had such a big sample size on him yeah it sucks for those that traded for him. It sucks for those. It just sucks in general. Moving forward, I I want to throw this to you, Matt and Evan. Are are you guys benching Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill? Of course. I mean, obviously, you're not benching Travis Kelsey. But what about Hill and Hunt? What do you What do you guys think? So I, I wrote about it in my in my Monday piece so i'll let the listeners go there for my opinion but i'd really like to hear what evan has to say about this am i benching hunt no because i think at some point you know there there has to be kind of this uh revelation in kansas city that he was awesome and they kind of just need to give him the ball and hill i'm not really looking to sit either because he's been getting you know targets but I I agree with what Matt said that you can't really just expect you know a 33 year old Alex Smith to just revolutionize his game out of nowhere and become a top five fantasy option. He is what he is, and nobody should be surprised by this. And once again, Travis Kelsey was carrying the entire team, and if Tyree Kill doesn't provide you know the little bit of pop that he's got, then. I mean, I do think they are kind of one-dimensional, and, you know, therefore it's easier to focus on Hunt. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I want to stick with you, Evan, because you are an Atlanta Falcons fan. So Julio Jones, he didn't quite have a career day, but he had one of the – his definitely his best game of the season. Um, A hundred and – no, 250-some yards and two touchdowns. Um, against Tampa Bay, who he always torches. I mean, just look back at his stats since 2014 against Tampa Bay. He owns that secondary. So what do you make of, you know, do you think that he just owns Tampa? And what do you see going forward for the rest of the season? Do you think he's put his struggles behind him? Well, if you read Cutter's comments uh, this week, looking back, um, yeah, he just said there was nothing going right, cornerbacks falling down, Mohamed Sanu's out here launching 50-yard passes. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not sustainable. Um, and I really think that um, it, it, they needed to focus on getting Julio the ball. He was having these, you know, uh, he had three games where he was targeted under seven times um, right around their bye week. And it it was just frustrating the hell out of us because we were losing, you know, these games, like the second half tumbles against the Bills and the Dolphins. Like it shouldn't happen. Just throw Julio the ball. It's like Antonio Brown at the end of the game. Just he'll be there. He'll catch the ball. He'll do something amazing. Mm -hmm. And I, you shouldn't have been benching him. This is obviously, you know, what he's capable of. But I, you know, even his he next still has best, a pretty high floor. I mean, I don't think he's benchable. Oh, definitely. If he's getting, you know, twelve targets a game, which is what I think he should probably be getting somewhere in the range of uh, easy. He should be getting double digit looks every game. Uh, it doesn't matter if he's double or triple team. He's freaking Julio Jones. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, so I'm not saying it's the only reason why Julio did well, but the Bucks were without Vernon Hargreaves, and they threw out some, you know, scrub, almost rookie, no-name corner to cover Julio, which wasn't a good idea, because it wasn't Grimes. Grimes was covering Jackson, I believe, right? So, they yeah, had... You mean Sanu? Yeah, sorry, my bad, Sanu. No, that's okay, you were thinking of Deshaun. Yeah, so they had... They didn't have Brent Grimes on him, which I think we were going to know going into the game without Hargreaves. When Hargreaves comes back, like, obviously everyone's going to keep targeting the secondary because it's still a bad secondary, but this blow-up, it really was because of um, Hargreaves' absence. But really quick, I just want to read well, to you guys. Uh, okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to read to you the, the Atlanta playoff schedule, but what, what were we going to say? I was going to say last season when Atlanta played, if Hargreaves was lining up against Julio, he got torched too. Well, yeah. And I mean, yeah. Hargreaves has played much better in the second half, but he's just, he's not living up to his draft, his draft stock uh, of being like a number 13 pick or what, or what he is. But uh, Ronald McLean, I believe that's his first name. I know his last name is McLean. He was who was covering Julio on Sunday and he, I believe, and he usually plays the the slot corner. So I can definitely see with him going outside that it would create problems. But if you're doing that, you got to double him with a safety. And I, I know um, the Bucks don't have the, the best safety tandem, but Ju- Justin Evans is playing great this year. So yeah, it's just I. It's a head scratcher. You can't let yeah. anyone go for 250 yards. I don't care who's on the yeah. field. He has. I'm. I'm sitting here going over the game logs of Julio Jones, and you look back at his Tampa games, and I think the lowest I've seen is like 68 yards. Seen and a he had a touchdown. I think he had a touchdown that game, and his his lowest yardage total against Tampa, where he doesn't score a touchdown, is 93 yards. So he hit in standard scoring. His lowest mm-hmm. uh, point total is nine points against Tampa Bay since 2014. That's pretty good. So moving so forward, he, he's my no, he's my number one overall receiver in Week 15 when they play on Monday night. Oh yeah, that's obviously the juiciest matchup for him. <laughs> so this upcoming week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it soon. Um, he plays Minnesota in Week 14, the you know first round of the playoffs. Um, he'll play New Orleans at home. Then he'll get Tampa Bay in Week 15, and in the championship game for most teams, uh, he'll play at New Orleans. Um, so it really all depends on the, uh, on the status of Lattimore. Lattimore should be healthy, obviously by week 16, I believe he'll probably be healthy this week. So what do you guys think about his, obviously you're not benching Julio, but if trade deadlines aren't a thing in some leagues or, or, you know, you, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that I would ask is, uh, do you think he's a buy high or a sell high candidate, or do you think that's just too much and you should just keep on to him? Oh no, I I just hang on to him. Yeah, I would hope that your playoffs don't start this week, and anything after you know week thirteen is just gravy, and you're good to go. Yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily think that Lattimore will line line up against Julio. I mean, it's rare to see that. I mean, it's really up to the corner nowadays. A lot of them like lining up on just one side of the field, kind of like Richard Sherman does. There's some guys like Jalen Ramsey who like to lock down on on a receiver all day. And I mean, it's it's just an ego thing, and it, it's all individual game plan. And I can't I can't say I've watched enough New Orleans to know whether Lattimore's gonna sh- Lattimore's gonna shadow him all day. Um, I don't remember if he did Mike Evans or not. I know he held Mike Evans in check when he was playing against him or when he was lined up against him, but I honestly don't have an educated enough guess to know whether that's going to affect Julio's playoff uh, juice or not. So, uh, well, one, Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, once again, yeah, it's freaking Julio just throwing the ball. And even if you're you know looking at different things, look at Matt Ryan against the Saints, who's actually been really good, too. So, yeah, at least you have yeah. that in your pocket. 
yeah, ever since he got called a goober, he's been really good. Uh, Zach's buddy on uh, Twitter always says that Josh or uh, oh, Josh Sperry. Sperry. Yeah, shout out to uh, Josh Berry. <laughs> All right, um, so let's preview Week 13 a little bit. Uh, Thursday night football, we have the Redskins at the Cowboys. Still no Ezekiel Elliott, another three games without him. I is it three or two? I can't remember. It's it's been a whirlwind. Um, either really, way, really he's quick, not gonna... really quick. Speaking think... about Zeke Elliott, because I got a question about him this week, and I I didn't know how to approach it. Are you still holding on to Zeke no matter what? Even if you yeah, will you only to. get him week 16? Yeah, you have yeah. to. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, somebody's going to pick him up if you drop him. Sure, you have yeah. To. That, yeah. yeah I and, gotcha. I mean, if, if if you make the championship and then all of a sudden you drop Zeke Elliott, like, you're going to remember that forever. Like, you can yeah, you can call. drop Zeke for some scrub, but, I mean, it's pro- who's probably not going to scratch your starting lineup who's yeah. just some insurance guy. Like, what, what, about, do that. what about what about you drop, drop for? Zeke like for... Like Mike Davis? No, what if you drop Zeke for Josh Gordon? No. No, no. Okay. I, yeah. I would rather have one week of Zeke. I okay. mean, just yeah, in yeah. case. I, I, can, I can live with losing um, because I didn't drop Zeke, but I can't live with losing in the championship because I lost Zeke, or because I dropped Zeke. Um, so, yeah, Thursday night, Evan, we'll throw it to you. Redskins at Cowboys, uh, who are some guys you like? I mean, Samaje Perrine obviously has went for over 100 yards the last two games. Uh, or, I'm sorry, P. Ryan. That's how he pronounces it, which is weird. <laughs> um, are you a Kirk Cousins guy this week? Do you see an improvement from Dak Prescott? What are you thinking? Uh, so, I mean, that was kind of a, a large uh, spectrum of things. P. No, Ryan. No. No, P. Ryan, yes, I'm rolling him out. I think he's going to be phenomenal. Um, he's gotten, like, t- what, averaging, like, 25 touches the past two games. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want him in my lineup. Kirk Cousins, I, I don't really know. I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys have to say about who you think will be better um, in, in a PPR league, Jameson Crowder, Josh Doxson, um, because I think, you know, one of these guys is going to pop. It's just kind of hard to pick who's who it's going to be. Um, and then as far as Dak, like I just could not be more out on the Cowboys without Zeke. Like they are not the same team without him. And he, you know, he's no good. He shouldn't even be called Dak. He should go back to his original name. Dakota. Well, Dakota is his middle name. I want to say his first name is like rain or something stupid like that. Oh uh, yeah, it is. But yeah, we'll we'll call him Dakota until he, until he gets his Dak back. No, I totally, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, to answer your question a little bit, it's tough to play Josh Doxson. I find it a lot easier to play Jamison Crowder just because when Jamison Crowder has a big game, he has a huge game. I mean, I think Doxson's best game where he didn't find the end zone, um, which is just, I know, every time he finds the end zone, it's his only catch or he has two catches, you know. But um, his best game when he didn't find the end zone was four catches for 81 yards. Uh, I find that hard to trust in a PPR league, knowing what Crowder is capable of based on what he did last week. And I think he's done it more than once this season. I think maybe three times he's been uh, seen a heavy workload from Kirk Cousins. And I really like Kirk Cousins this week, I le- especially if Sean Lee's not playing tomorrow. I haven't seen anything on his status, but I don't think he's playing the last I heard. But yeah, I like a lot of the Redskins. Uh, I like Vernon Davis, even though he didn't make a he didn't make a catch last week, I like him. Uh, if Sean Lee isn't playing, so yeah, just play your Redskins if 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 you have them. Um, but I'd be a little careful with Josh Doxson. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, no, and I'd also like to th- uh, mention that uh, Jordan Reed is again ruled out for this game, so I like Vernon Davis. Shocker. <laughs> um, and on the giant side of the ball. I'm interested to see what you guys think, Cowboys? but I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Cowboys on the Cowboys side of the ball. I don't think you can bench Dak unless you have a better option because, you know, he finally gets the full week to prepare for this game instead of the short week Thanksgiving slate. The, you know, the Redskins defense is a good defense, but, uh, Los Angeles, it was just obviously is just better. So I think Dak can rebound. And 
mm. you know, I I don't want any part of this running game, and I'm not really eager to start anyone outside of Dez, of course. Um, where where did you have Dak this week? Let me pull that up while I think you had him 17th me. or something like real, that. Real quick, while we're stalling, um, Sean Lee has not practiced at all this week. It looks like he yeah, will not yeah. play. I, I definitely like so then, uh, yeah, all your Redskins players. Of course, yeah. I'm in, in my big money league. I uh, I'm rolling out Kirk Cousins, so we need a big that defense. Game from him. That defense just lost without him. But kind of with what you said with Dak, a little bit. Um, I mean, he he's playing bad, but it's not only him who's playing bad. It's Des Bryant who's not getting any separation from the secondary whatsoever. Uh, Harmon put out a tweet a couple days ago about uh, how he's just bought, ranked in like the bottom. I think he's ranked dead last actually um, when it comes to separation amongst tar- amongst uh, receivers who get five or more targets. So that's definitely not a good thing, especially lining up against Josh Norman this week probably. Um, once again, I don't know if Josh Norman is going to shadow him. I know he will play some snaps against him. So that's, that's going to be ugly for Dez. And I think the standard pretty much this week when I, when I was looking at fantasy pros is, uh, Dez is ranked like 25th amongst wide receivers. So that's like yeah. flex territory. So I have Dak 13th. So that's a borderline. I updated it earlier today. Um, that's my that's, that's ranking a little high for me. Was seventh. It's thirteenth yeah. for me. I think he's a borderline starting option in twelve team leagues. Again, it's it really just comes down to who else do you have on your roster. And as for Dez, I don't think you can bench him just because he's Dez Bryant. If you have better options, go for it. But I think minimum. I wide think in ten and twelve team leagues, you can bench Dez. Interesting. I mean, if you have okay, Robbie Anderson or Des Bryant, who are you putting in your lineup? Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I mean, and that's probably a guy you found on the waiver wire. So that's a good call. And ten, twelve team leagues, I mean, there's guys out there that you picked up that you're going to Des Bryant. Um, so Evan, Vikings and Falcons. Uh, we already talked about Julio a little bit, but it sounds like Devontae Freeman is on pace to play on Sunday. He uh-huh practice today he's cleared concussion protocol where does that leave you with him and tevin coleman i mean it's still going to be a split it's what we've seen Mm -hmm. this year and actually we've had some side conversations this year about how there's actually been times this year that we've seen tevin coleman and Devontae freeman on the field at the same time so i freeman has been nicked up for pretty much all of the past month, I'd say he's all like the end of the Panthers game. He was out with the shoulder injury. You know, there was some worries that he was going to get a reduced workload, the concussion. He's had the concussion before. I want to say what, two years ago, he had one mid season and he came back less than stellar. Um, it's definitely something that I'm worried about. And especially with Tevin Coleman, you know, having a good week last week. Now, Minnesota is a different animal than Tampa Bay is definitely. But, <laughs> you can say that again. But yeah, I mean, I, I would be scared to roll him out. I, I understand that you paid the premium for him at the draft table, but I. I like, I, I would be looking to get away from him. Honestly, I, I would think about starting, like, a Jacquez Rogers over over him this week. Okay, so here's an interesting question for you. So, say draft day, you pick Devonta Freeman in the first or second round, and you handcuffed him with Tevin Coleman, and you still have Coleman on your roster. You have both of them on your roster. Who are you starting on Sunday out of those two if you have to pick one? Uh, I, I don't think anybody can say with any certainty, but I, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> if it, it literally, if it's my team and I'm setting a lineup, I would probably start Coleman. Okay. I, I can, I can agree with that and I can definitely get behind it. Um, so let's move on to the Browns and the chargers. Josh Gordon is back. Zach, why don't you uh, let me know what your expectations of him are for this week? In. I think he should have a lot of targets, but I don't think the production is going to be there for him to be a starting option. It's kind of blowing my mind right now that I'm talking about Josh uh, Josh Gordon as a fantasy option in 2017. This is absolutely insane. I never thought this would happen. Um, but it's a tough matchup. 
As for the rest of this game, you know, it's a tough matchup. I don't think you should start Josh Gordon just yet. I'd like to see, you know, obviously Marvin, um, I completely blanked on his name. The Anyway, it's not Marvin. I'm sorry. Um, I, Hugh Jackson? Hugh Jackson. There we go. Jeez, you were thinking struggling. of Marvin Lewis. I'm, I was. I'm having, I'm having a rough show. It's okay, though. Um, <laughs> Is I, it? I, I, I know, <laughs> I know Hugh Jackson... <laughs> I know Hugh Jackson said that they want to get him uh, involved as much as possible, but I I still want to wait a week, especially in this tough matchup against Los Angeles, to see what he can really do. As for the rest of this game, I don't mind starting uh, Duke Johnson again, and maybe Isaiah Crowell if he's you know if he's an option that you that you can start him because this Chargers defense isn't the greatest against the run, and then I also like the running game in. In uh in Los Angeles against Cleveland, we saw what um what Joe Mixon did last week against this defense. I think Melvin Gordon can continue that, and then obviously you're starting uh, Philip Rivers. It's crazy because on Fantasy Pros expert consensus rankings, I believe Keenan Allen is in the top ten, might even be borderline a top five option. Uh, pro- duh. Yeah, well, he will probably get um. McCordy, who's been really he's actually maybe I think he's the number one corner according to Pro Football Focus. I maybe just limit your expectations. I don't know if it'll uh, explode I again. I think I think what we've seen the last couple weeks is when Keenan Allen's on, he is matchup proof. Yeah, um, but he, he's McCordy's a fantastic a route runner. McCordy's he's a, a shadow though. Oh, okay, uh, I think ten points is a guarantee for Keenan well, Allen. Sure, this sure. I'm just saying maybe let's limit our expectations for him and not automatically put him in the top five. I think I have him as my number two. So tell me, how can you say that? But you have Julio Jones as your number two wide receiver playing against Xavier Rhodes. Well. No, I think that's crazy. I think they understand now. I'm not saying they didn't understand what they had with Julio, but I think he's by far. I I just think the floor is much higher for Julio than it is for Keenan Allen, and I well, I I guess we just disagree. No, yeah, I, I guess. I, I'm just I mean, saying that I I have you know I I think Keenan Allen will do fine, but McCordy legitimately is the number one. Or, or at least top three shutdown corners in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. He's a shadow corner, um, so he'll be covering Allen the entire game. And we've just seen number one wide receivers struggle against him. And when I say struggle, I don't mean, you know, like two to three fantasy points a game. I'm saying, like, you know, they catch one or two balls. One of them is maybe a touchdown, but it's like a two-yard, you know, goal line touchdown Mm-hmm. I, I just think we shouldn't be. I, I just don't think we should overreact after two games. Okay. For Keenan okay. Allen. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but Pro Football Focus must have forgot that AJ Bouye and Jalen Ramsey exist. Evan, well, you, you uh, know how their metrics are. It's kind of it changes week to week, but he should be up there. I'll I'll double check that right now. Oh boo! <laughs> All right, Evan. What do you think? Um, actually, I was surprised that I didn't hear two names that I think are going to be really interesting for fantasy owners this week. One being Corey Coleman, who I'm really high on. Um, even with Josh Gordon going back, I I think Coleman will still have the better game. And, uh, Austin Eckler, who's scored a number of touchdowns. Uh, I think he scored, what, three in the past two weeks, even though... I was, if you didn't say it, I was going to say that he's very flex-worthy this week. I mean, I don't think the touchdowns are necessarily repeatable. He had the one where he tightrope walked the sidelines. He had one where Talvin Smith got obviously picked by a wide receiver and there was no flag on the play. And then the one last week was just good blocking and terrible tackling in the secondary. I mean, one and he was gone. But he's quick. He, he Eckler wasn't getting the touches that he was two weeks ago, but he still popped for a touchdown, which I think is what he's going to need to be relevant. But it's the Browns. Like they, you know, if Keenan Allen scores three touchdowns and they're in garbage time, why would you put fragile ass Melvin Gordon out there? No, yeah, I definitely hear you. Um, so with Josh Gordon, what I did with him this week is I put him as the number thirty-two wide receiver in my rankings. 
I think it's pretty much a given if he gets seven to, seven to eight targets that he'll be able to put up those type of numbers at the very least. Uh, I think the average for fantasy pros was like 45 overall. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you with Austin Eckler and Zach, it is an interesting point that you bring up with, with McCourty. And, um, I, I, I agree that you should temper your expectations. I just, I think the way that he's played the last two weeks, I think, I think you got to put him inside your top three receivers just because of how talented he is. And when he's on, like he's on, he, he's a streaky receiver a little bit, but um, he's he's definitely one of the best when he is when he's playing at his best. So we can move on. Um, Zach, we'll talk about the Panthers and Saints a little bit. Who do you like this week in this game? Yeah, no. So I Lattimore's coming back, which really changes the secondary. Uh, I really liked Goff last week because they had the two – it was Lattimore and another uh, defensive back. They both should be back, which is bad news for Cam Newton, but I still think you should start him. I like McCaffrey again if he plays. I think something happened in practice yesterday okay. with a shoulder, um, with a shoulder injury. But if he starts, you're starting McCaffrey. Funchess, I think you just have to start. On the Saints side of the ball, obviously, it's Ingram and Kamara. You're never benching those guys. Breeze is a start. Um, Michael Thomas, of course, is a start. I think it's the usual suspects for the, uh, for this game. Okay. Uh, Evan, what do, you, what do you make of this NFC South matchup that features neither of our teams? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it still has uh, so much to do with the NFC South pitcher that it makes me sick. Um, I think Ken Crawley was the name you were looking for. That's the other cornerback other than Lattimore that was dinged up. And I hope that McCaffrey is able to go because I'm pretty sure that uh, against the uh, Saints last time was when he had the 100-yard receiving game, even though I know Jonathan Stewart's going to find some dumb way to screw it up. Um, are you guys worried about uh, Cam Newton this week? Like, I know the Saints had a good stretch there for a little bit. They've been kind of garbage the past two weeks. I know Cam's a little dinged up, but I think he this could be one of those, like, 80-yard, two touchdowns on the ground for Cam, and then he throws, like, 175 through the air and you know, he ends up being a, a pretty decent option when he probably shouldn't be. Yeah. This is one of those games where you look at the standings instead of the actual, um, statistics from the past games for fantasy football. And you realize that it's Cam Newton and this game is very important for the Panthers and Cam Newton outside of the Super Bowl two years ago, tends to play really well in big games. And I agree with you. I think he should do a lot of damage on the ground, but not only on the ground. I think um, he'll make some smart decisions uh, when throwing the ball and he won't turn the ball over. But anything on inside the five-yard line, I mean, it's going to be in his hands and he's going to be jumping, um, trying to jump over people into the into the end zone. So I think it's at least two touchdowns today, um, or I'm sorry, on Sunday. And I think both of them can be on the ground. And uh, that's more points in fantasy football when your uh, quarterback runs for the touchdowns and when he throws for him. Uh, so, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think you guys make great points about that. Also, too, we, we saw what Robbie Anderson did last week against the secondary. So who is the – is is uh is Gen the deep threat for um, I think I think Gen, I think Gen's the I think Gen's the the prototype yeah yeah so the maybe Robbie Anderson prototype yeah so maybe Ted Gen is a you know like a what the heck flex type of option um and then I completely forgot about this I even wrote this down and I didn't, I failed to say it so blame on me but um Hunter Henry is a top five tight end option against the Browns because they've given oh, him yeah. a tight end okay. you know, like every single week. Or a touchdown yeah, every single week. So. Nice, nice. All right, yeah, so Hunter Henry, tight end, uh, top five, mark it down. Um, go ahead and continue with this game. Or are yeah. you done? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'm done with this game. I think it's the usual suspects and uh, Ted Ginn. Okay. Um, so before we move on to Sunday night, which is the Eagles-Seahawks, there is a game I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to talk about 
it's not because it's my team. It's because um, Jameis Winston is coming back uh, for Tampa Bay. He's going to be starting this week against uh, the better interests of pretty much everybody. Uh, Zach, I saw in your comment section that you recommended Jameis Winston. Oh, boy. Uh, is it, I'm not going to completely ream you. <laughs> <laughs> Key, uh, keyword in that sentence is completely. Uh, what 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 it is what is it about Jameis Winston that makes you want to throw him in your lineup? It really just is the matchup as a okay. streaming option. I'm not expecting a lot from Jameis, especially because this is his first week back from injury. But it's it's a really good matchup against this Green Bay secondary. They still haven't gotten it together after all these weeks, so I think you can continue to attack them. Is he a top 10 option for me? Absolutely not. Am I worried about his offensive line? Sure I am. But if you just look purely based off of matchup and you were rolling with a streaming option week after week, I think you can continue to roll with Jameis as this week's streaming option. Okay. Um, So we got to keep in mind that DeMar Dotson and Ali Marpet are now on the injured reserve. So Basically, the Buccaneers' two best offensive linemen are out for the rest of the season. They're throwing a quarterback in who's had a shoulder problem the entire season uh, outside of two games, and word is he was hurt even before he hurt his shoulder. They're just throwing out their franchise quarterback, um, and I just don't think it's going to go well. Like I'm going to have Deshaun Kaiser ranked ahead of him. Um, wow. I mean... I think it's going to be a complete disaster. Wow. Kaiser? I don't... don't, Nothing good can come of playing Jameis. Nothing good can come from playing Deshaun Kaiser. The dude (laughs) makes a trip to the locker room like mid-third quarter at like two of the past three weeks. And it's not the orange slices. It's because he's getting rocked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the same... The same damn thing's going to happen to Jameis this week, but I don't think he's going to throw for 286 yards like Kaiser did last no, but week. But I don't think you need him to throw 286 yards to be a streaming option. Like, I, it, it really just is. That's what Kaiser did last week? Well, sure, yeah. But I'm just saying, again, I, I'm not expecting him to go out there and have a career day. I'm saying if you need a quarterback in a deep league or as a streaming option, um, I think you can roll with Jameis. However, you make an excellent point about their offensive line, and I just a counterpoint. I would like not a counterpoint to that, but in addition to that, I would I would say that in shall in you know shall you know shallower you know normal ten team leagues, the Green Bay Packers defense might not be the worst streaming option in the world if it's the only mm-hmm. option available in daily play. I I would assume they would be like sub five percent ownership. Um, because we've, I, you know, we've seen awful offensive lines and what they can do to offenses, and I, yeah, I think you're totally right in that. Oh right. yeah, We're, I like that point about the Packers defense. All right, go ahead, Evan. Sorry, so we didn't talk. We didn't talk about Tyrod Taylor at the beginning of the episode, but um, they're basically they're right next to each other in ownership percentage on Yahoo. Who would you rather start this week? Oh, James uh, or Tyrod? Correct. God, the Patriots defense James. has tightened it up a lot. I, I, I would think it would be Jameis against Green Bay. I okay. think it's Tyrod for me. Okay. Just I'm looking at this group at the at right around the ownership percentage. There's also Josh McCown versus the Chiefs, uh Blake oh, Bortles McCown. against the Colts. Um like I, I could find names down here that I'm gonna flip a coin on over Jameis. Yeah, I get I, I get the matchup. All those but, guys. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're not with Jameis this week. No, I, I mean I, I don't think it's just going to be a rusty thing. Um, I mean, me and you have you know sucked it up here in the in the early Midwest winter. But um, I was looking at the uh, forecast in Green Bay on Sunday. It's not supposed to be phenomenal. Uh, Jameis is a Florida boy. We'll see how he how he does there. Um, I, I just like I said, I think there's names that if I'm trying to win a play, you know, a spot in the playoffs, I I don't know how you could start Jameis because what if he you know goes out and he goes, you know, six for 15 in the first half and they bench him. Yeah, I, I think that's a distinct possibility. I think there's a 30% chance that that happens. Uh-huh. 30%? I mean, 
I mean, that's high, I'm, but I, I, I'm saying, or he takes one hit, awkward, and, you know, exactly. all of a sudden, Fitzpatrick's well, back on the field. There's two possibilities for Fitzpatrick to get back on the field, like you mentioned. It's uh, Jameis throws under 50% and a couple picks, or Jameis lands on the shoulder wrong. I mean, <laughs> Andrew Luck had pretty much the same shoulder injury and still hasn't recovered. I've been going off on Twitter about this, so I don't think I need to on the podcast, but this is just absolutely ridiculous to throw out Jameis Winston, who is your franchise quarterback, on a 4-7 and seven team without a fully healthy offensive line. I, you're just playing with fire, unless you plan on cutting them in, him in the offseason because of you know the allegations against him. I know, I mean, I, I know it's different because... Tampa isn't a playoff team, but this is eerily familiar of Robert Griffin III a couple years ago. Um, it's, th- this makes absolutely no sense. It, yeah, it, it, it makes it makes zero sense. It would shock me, and I, I don't know if this is a prop bet, you know, because Reed isn't here to tell us, but if there's a bet out there where you could bet on the fact that Dirk Cutter is going to lose his job this year, I would hammer that. I would oh, yeah. have fired him today when he made that announcement. <laughs> well, and the, and that's the thing. Is he trying to save his job by winning and putting out Jameis Winston? Or isn't this just going to be the nail in the coffin that, hey, he threw out Jameis Winston, who then got rocked and needed so- shoulder surgery in the offseason? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the best you can finish is 9-7, and seven, and you still have to play the Falcons, Carolina, and <laughs> New Orleans, and Detroit. Um <laughs> Maybe they think they have an outside shot at a playoff run, like, you know, if they can run the table on the South and some things kind of fall their way. Maybe, but... It's, I, no, I mean, it's going to come... I mean, the Seahawks and the Falcons are fighting for the sixth seed. I mean, there's no there's no chance that a sane human being would think that the Buccaneers can overtake them and win a tiebreaker against either the Seahawks or the Falcons. <laughs> I mean, a lot can happen, but that's that's not going to happen. And you're playing you're playing with fire with your franchise, like I said unless I unless these allegations prove to be true and uh Jameis is toast in Tampa, but I mean, I mean I I don't get it. It I, I can't even like speak words right now. Like it, it's so frustrating. Um, so Zach, uh, Seahawks and Eagles, they're our Sunday night game. Uh, the Seahawks defense looked pretty bad uh, two weeks ago against the Falcons without Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor. They played the 49ers last week, which is not a very good gauge of the progress that they've made since that game. So do you think there's any chance that they can hold the Eagles to under 30 points this week? No. No? No. How about you, Evan? No, absolutely not. Wensylvania, baby. Yeah. (laughs) He's been incredible. I mean, he's got to be on pace for like a, a... touchdown record amongst uh second year qbs i have a i have a question for you two obviously this isn't you know this is an easier matchup than last week on the ground are you interested in any part of this backfield or is it just are you, are you just avoiding the eagles it? backfield yeah um i think and i f- i forget who it was i was listening to but i kind of like echoed the sentiments while i was listening to it that i think the eagles want to save a jive for the playoffs and so i think it it might not be the to the extreme that you saw last week but i i, I think if you're expecting what 15 touches from a i i don't think you're did gonna he, get it did he even get to 10 last week um i can look it up right i now. think it was like uh, seven or eight i think he had seven or eight carries for like 27 yards or something like that i mean he had five it, rushes for 26 yards yeah, yeah, it's pretty damn close. Uh, do, do you have? He had two catches, didn't he, for like five yards? Um, he had one. He had one catch for seven yards. Two targets. Okay. So six touches last week for Ajay, and Blunt got over ten. Uh, I remember because I was kind of yeah. watching the game. Blunt got fifteen touches. Mm-hmm. Ajay got six, and then week eleven against the Cowboys, uh, Blunt had thirteen. Ajay had eight. So, do you, I, I mean, it's not going to just completely flip-flop, do you think? No, no. Um, if you're going to take a chance on any of them, I'd take a chance on a Jai because I don't want to throw 
blunt out against the Seahawks defense, just knowing that that's not going to get me anywhere. And if I'm rolling out a lottery pick, it would be on a Jai busting out a big play in deeper leagues. But as far as 10 to 12 team leagues where I probably have a, a starting running back sitting on my bench, maybe possibly, or, or a guy who's in a pretty healthy timeshare, I would rather play that guy than JHI. Uh, Zach, what do you think? No, I, I think you make a I think you make a great point there. Um, I echo everything that you just said. On the Seahawks side of the ball, what do you guys think? Are we, you know, obviously you're not benching Russell Wilson, but what so are your expectations? Is, is Mike offense? Davis playing this week, or is he not playing? He should. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Well, I I got like a notification as soon as the game uh, was over that Pete Carroll said that he is questionable. In deep leagues, I'd want to play Mike Davis. In shallow leagues, I don't really? because I think in shallow leagues I don't because I think the Eagles are going to get ahead pretty early. And I yeah, think, I, don't, I don't I don't even want to start him in deep leagues. Well, I mean, sometimes you have to you have to roll the dice a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the flex spot, I mean, you, we play in a sixteen team league together, and. I mean, Evan, we played in a different 16-team league together, and, I mean, <laughs> those flex spots are ugly. I mean, if there's a if there's a, a starting running back with a pulse, I mean, he's in your flex spot pretty much. Well, and you have to like that, you know, he was a name that wasn't really talked about, and then Carroll kind of, you know, put all of his chips behind him when he's sitting with this, you know, tornado of, of crap that is, you know, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Lacy, Lacy and Thomas Rawls. <laughs> like, and then he's like, uh, Mike Davis. And, you know, he, he was so behind it that, you know, it sucked that he got dinged up because it looked like, you know, Carol from the, the speak anyways was going to give him the run. But once again, it's one of those things that I, I couldn't see myself starting like a Mike Davis. Like, I'd rather, you know, swallow the bullet and start Amir Abdullah than play Mike Davis. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, Amir Abdullah is definitely a name. Um, Zach, what about, would you rather play Danny Woodhead or uh, Mike Davis? Oh, Woodhead easily. Oh, I didn't think it'd be that easy. Okay. Um, let's see who we got here. Um, what about like, I actually have a, a league where I picked up Jacquez Rogers and Mike Davis, and I'm going to have to start one this week. I think it's Mike Davis. Oh, Doug Martin's injured, isn't he? Well, the concussion, so who knows? Yeah, I think I'd If go... Jacquez starts, I'd probably go yeah, Jacquez. I'd go Rodgers. All right. Um, we have a little bit more time left, so we can talk about the Bengals and Steelers. That's the Monday night game. My main question about this game, Zach, do you think Joe Mixon can keep the juice going against the Steelers' defense? Sure, I think so. Okay, um, especially Evan? because oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, especially because what we saw Jamal Williams do last uh, last week, I think Mixon can. Yeah, I think Mixon can continue it. Well, I mean, that was what the the 50 yard reception that he still had 60 yards on the ground. So I see what Zach is saying, but a lot of oh, absolutely. I mean, once again, you want to talk about a guy that's just getting kind of force-fed the rock. 20 uh, rushes against Denver in Week 11, 23 against the Browns last week. Uh, I'm, Andy Dalton's not particularly great against the Steelers, so there's kind of this game script where the Bengals are going to be down, um, and... I don't think they're going to go away from him by any stretch of the imagination. Like they're not going to go to Giovanni Bernard, but don't you think that could kind of limit the the workload for Mixon? It could definitely limit the workload. Um, I think the Steelers jumping ahead could limit the workload. I don't like anyone on the, on the Bengals side of the ball. Uh, the Steelers are really good against tight ends, so I think you can pretty much forget about Tyler Croft, even though he scored a touchdown the past two games. He hasn't got a ton of targets. I, uh, I know me and Zach were kind of talking about this on Sunday with in a little group chat that we have. But, uh, yeah, t- Tyler Croft, I, I just don't think he's playable. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, if he's playing, I definitely want in my lineup. Um, if Juju Smith-Schuster isn't playing, I would consider Martavis Bryant. But, uh, I mean, it's Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Ben Roethlisberger, who's played absolutely lights out since since um, the five-interception game. 
Doesn't it seem crazy that, like, last year it was, uh, like, week four and everybody was saying Brady was toast and then he just went bonkers? Or maybe that was two years ago. Yeah, it was and two then, years ago after that Monday night game. Against yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. But, and then it's kind of like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, it's the same thing. Oh, he just doesn't oh, God, have he's been on it anymore. Like, it's, once again, we've seen these guys. Of course, there's a drop-off point, but we know they're insanely talented and they are what they are ben yeah he's a hall of fame quarterback i don't understand why people aren't interested in playing him absolutely i I understand why people don't want to draft him because of his injury concerns and whatnot but if he's on your team i don't understand why people are trying to get away from playing him oh yeah totally i mean he's been a touchdown machine over the last few weeks so I think that's actually a good point for us to stop for this week. We're right around an hour. Um, I want to thank Evan for joining us today. Evan, why don't you give us your Twitter handle and let us know what you have going on this week in the stream article. Uh, at FWFB on Twitter. Streamer article will be out around noon tomorrow. Um, and I always like to kind of write it from the perspective of if you woke up super late on Thursday and missed your waivers, um, who would be out there for you to stream? So uh, uh, That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, because, you know, we can't, all, we can't all be, you know, on top of the ball and whatnot. So, yeah. And those people are missing the playoffs. Um, <laughs> so... Zach, why don't you give us your Twitter handle and what you got going on this week? You guys can follow me on Twitter at Razball underscore Zach, and I have absolutely nothing going on for oh, the but rest you do of this have, week. You do have your rankings out, though, so I, make sure I to did, check out Zach's rankings. I did publish my rankings, and then, uh, yeah, a little, a little hurt we couldn't do bold predictions and This Week in History. But oh, no, no, go no, ahead, go ahead. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, it's all good. Um, Why don't you give us a bold prediction? Ooh, bold prediction time. Okay, uh, my bold prediction is... Oh, I just lost it. Okay, here we go. My bold prediction is that Seth Roberts is going to be a top 25 receiver this week. Uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree are both out. It's a pretty good matchup against... Um, I completely forgot who they played. Um, this is just this has just been a terrible show. I apologize. No, it's, it's Follow Reed Cash it's on Twitter at uh, Reed Cashmanian on Twitter at Reed Cash seventeen. Um, we're gonna we're gonna need him back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you might be fired now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Evan, do you have any bold predictions for Week Thirteen? Um, I, I didn't invest a lot of energy into this, uh, bit, so we'll go, uh, Samaj P. Ryan as a, uh, we'll go as a top 10 running back this week. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Rasball underscore MB. And my bold prediction is, uh, Deshaun Kaiser is going to be a top 12 quarterback this week. Fraudulent. That's and a cold take. That's a cold take. I'm not ending the podcast here. Cause I want everybody to know that that is a freezing cold take. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Peace. I was, I was halfway kidding.